0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Gen Z Girl podcast. My name is Abby Aslan, and I am your host. I am so excited to be back on the mic today and bringing a super awesome topic that I think will be really helpful going into 2020, an entirely new decade full of new opportunities, new surprises, new challenges. It's gonna be great, and I'm really excited for this episode as well as next week's all about going into 2020 and making the most of it. I am currently at home now and I'm actually having to record a bunch of these podcasts like way ahead of time because I'm going to be traveling from the 29th until the 5th or 6th, maybe even 7th of um, January. So I have to have like two or three of these pre-recorded, but this one's um, being recorded just a few days before, so we're good. But I'm really excited for today's episode because I'm going to be talking about five things to do. Um, before 2020 starts and five reasons why new year's resolutions fail and i think that hearing this podcast first before you make your new year's resolutions will be really really beneficial because it will kind of give you insight into why your new year's resolutions maybe haven't been successful before or why you see so many people you know make resolutions and completely fail in achieving them Um, Just because, you know, obviously making New Year's resolutions is such a big trend. It's a big thing we do in our culture, and that's totally fine. But I also want to emphasize that you don't have to wait for January 1st or the first of a month or a new year or a new decade to make a change in your life. You know, you can wake up and make whatever change you want to make because it's all in your hands, and you can literally do whatever you want when you want with your life and, you know, just make the changes you want to make when you want to. You don't have to wait for a specific day at all. So I'm going to start off with the quote as usual and I really like this quote and this is one I actually like have had probably pinned on my Pinterest for years now, but I came um, back across it recently and I was like, that would be a really good quote for this episode. So today's quote is, get in the habit of asking yourself, does this support the life I am trying to create? I think this quote is so important because it's something, it's a really great question to ask yourself every time you um, are making a new decision, every time you say yes to doing something, every time you try something new, um, enter a new job, whatever it is. I think asking yourself questions in general, no matter what the question is, anytime you're going through something or trying to make a decision, it's really beneficial because it helps you to kind of like just take a step back and actually search for an answer instead of just making decisions um, sort of with no guidance and no you know, clear path in front of you or anything. And I think that asking yourself questions like this can really um, kind of help you navigate your way into getting where you want to be rather than just blindly making decisions if that makes sense and um, I think if you are constantly asking yourself you know does is this going to help create this life I'm wanting to like make for myself Is this going to, you know, keep me from reaching my goals? Is this going to keep me from being the best I can possibly be? Is it going to make me worse of a person? Is it going to occupy too much of my time and not allow me to put time into the areas that I know are much more important? I think asking this question can really help you make a lot of decisions in your life, especially going into 2020 and throughout the year. So my goal for this week, I really just need to learn how to like turn off whenever I'm supposed to be turned off. I have, like, I don't know, this holiday break, I was, you know, like, oh, I can't wait to just kick back and do nothing, have no obligations. Then I completely forgot I'm doing Vlogmas, and I'm a YouTuber, and I have a podcast, and I'm trying to, like, completely, like, move all of my stuff out of my parents' house and get rid of a ton of things um and it's just a lot of work and I have I have one day this week where I was able to pretty much lay in bed most of the day since I've been home I've had one day like that but even in the first half of the day I spent it you know just in my garage going through things that have been in my parents attic for years so I've just been like doing all of this stuff and I just literally wanted to be able to chill out and I'm thinking you know I'm having to do vlogmas but I'm also trying to see friends I'm also trying to see, spend time with family and you know unpack and pack up all the stuff and prepare for traveling um, and when I prepare for traveling that means I have to you know have videos ready to upload while I'm traveling because I like to kind of enjoy my travels and not really have to film or vlog during them or edit and I have to like make sure um, all my podcasts are like pre-recorded and ready to go for when I travel and um, having to like keep up with all of that on top of uploading every day for Vlogmas And no one is, like, sitting here, like, forcing me to do it, but it's something that I do every year that, like, brings me joy that I do enjoy doing. But right now, I'm just, like, I'm ready for Vlogmas to be over. I was really enjoying it the first, like, 15 days, but the last five days at home, it's just been hard because being at home makes it a little bit harder to, you know, get the content, especially when I'm really busy doing other stuff or if I'm just wanting to, like, have... You know a day where i do nothing um it's kind of hard to like have vlogmas content for that so it's just kind of confusing if you have no idea what i'm talking about i have a youtube channel um and that's kind of like where what guided me into making this podcast but um vlogmas is when you upload every day for 25 days leading up to christmas and it's it's good like it's not impossible at all like i was able to do it while i was taking finals so i don't know why i'm like sitting here freaking out while i'm at home I think it's just because I was wanting so desperately to just enjoy my time here, you know, hang out with people I want to see, hang out with my family, read a book, hang out with my dogs, go to the beach, relax, you know, just go to the gym and just be able to like watch TV for once, like just all these little things that I never get to do. I was looking, so looking forward to it and now I'm not doing any of them and I feel like I have just been going, going, going still and it's really driving me insane So, this week during Christmas, I know Vlogmas will end on, gosh, what, Wednesday, I think. So, I will, I guess half the week I'll still have to be kind of turned on, but I'm hoping to get a lot of my podcast content done and pre-recorded before then and just get my ideas for pre-recorded videos out of the way um, just because I really want to enjoy my Christmas week and it's, you know, hard when, especially like growing up um, and your siblings get older or um whatever it is and like you don't always necessarily get to spend holidays together like you used to. So it's really important to cherish the time you do have with them. So I just really want to be very present while um I'm like with family this week and just actually turn off. Um and my gratitude for this week is I'm just really thankful I get to see all of my immediate family on Christmas Day. Um I know the holidays can be a really hard time for a lot of people and it makes me really, really upset and like breaks my heart and I wish I could like just give everyone a hug that has a difficult time during the holidays and struggles during the holidays um I'm just very very grateful and thankful to have all of my family under the same roof on the 25th my brother and sister-in-law are flying in um Christmas night which of course that's Christmas night and not like Christmas morning but like honestly I'm just so happy I even get to see them so I'm really grateful for that so let's go ahead and jump into the five reasons why New Year's resolutions typically fail. Um, I kind of wanted to start out with this one because I feel like it's um, going to be very helpful with um, you guys f- realizing and figuring out, you know, what resolutions you want to make for yourself and reasons why it maybe hasn't worked in the fa- past. And if you're wanting to revisit any old resolutions and try them again or whatever it may be. So the first thing um, that kind of like causes resolutions to fail is, is a lot of people are treating a long-term journey as sort of a quick fix and forgetting about one of the most important parts of learning and trying something new, which is the process. I have talked about this a little bit before, but a lot of people are often, you know, treating these New Year's resolutions as this complete overhaul 180 to their lifestyle rather than taking things one thing at a time. You know, resolutions are often pretty hefty lifestyle changes. Like, People make them very dramatic. Like, I, there's not a lot of times where I've heard resolutions that are like very low key and easily attainable and, you know, small lifestyle changes. A lot of the times they are like huge lifestyle changes. And I think that it's important to remember that these big lifestyle changes and overhauls can't happen overnight, especially in order for it to be something that you keep consistent in your everyday life for everyday not everyday life, everyday life and your, um, every single week of the year. And if you want it to be effective and like actually see results from it, it's not going to happen overnight. And I think the most important part of even setting and reaching goals, it's not the end is des- destination and the end result. The most important part is the process along the way to reach the goal. The process is where the lessons are learned. The trials are faced, Um, You know, you persevere through highs and lows and your character and determination is like really, really developed throughout the process because without the process, there would be no point in even, you know, striving and reaching for a goal because nothing would have been learned along the way and goals would have nothing of significance or any value backing it. It's kind of like getting a college diploma without going to college. You know, college is so highly respected because the average four years spent there are a grueling process that, you know, students have to go through in order to get this degree. You know, the process along the way is what gets you to that goal. You can't get to that goal without the process. So if you're sitting there thinking, you know, you've got to make this big lifestyle change, um, immediately as soon as the new year starts, that's just not going to be very effective or consistent for you. You have to remember to take one thing at a time and just remember um, how important the process is and to actually value the process and be patient throughout the process. So the second thing is that you use the arrival of a new year as a time to verbally commit to something without actually believing in yourself. It's super easy for anyone to just say they are going to achieve some large goal in a new year. Um, It's something that truly is easier said than done. But doubt can really stand between people and their resolutions, and it typically does. If you don't believe in yourself and your ability to reach your New Year's goals, how do you expect to get anywhere with achieving them? You have to believe in yourself first, you know, like you can't commit to working towards a goal. Um, without believing in yourself because believing in yourself is going to give you that confidence and that determination to reach these goals you've set for yourself and if you're sitting there constantly like feeding your mind and yourself with all these um, very negative you know words and just doubtful words you're just going to hold yourself back because it's going to like create and implement fear rather than excitement towards reaching the goal Having a support system is also a super important part of reaching goals, and no one's going to really know how to support you if you can't support and believe in yourself first. So number three is you are trying too hard and not approaching your goals realistically. It's really easy to overhype, overcomplicate, whatever it is, reaching your New Year's goals. It's so easy to glamorize the goal-setting process and, you know, like have your big to-do list and written out plan and calendar with all these steps for reaching your goals and sometimes you just get so committed to the actual planning process and thinking about the goals that you take away from your time of actually doing them. I think a lot of times I know something I will do is like I create, you know, like this big plan in my head or on paper and I'm constantly thinking about and working on this plan but I'm never actually taking steps to doing the thing because I'm so dedicated to thinking and planning it and I've been thinking and planning it for so long that I've almost kind of become scared of it as I've been thinking and planning it because now it seems like this big unconquerable beast in my life that I've just built up through thinking and planning where I feel like I'm not going to be able to tackle it because I've devoted so much of my time to thinking and planning it rather than putting some time into actually doing it so I think that over commitment and over you know building your plan for these goals sometimes can start to intimidate you if you don't really play your cards right and start working towards your goals soon enough and I think another thing is that a lot of people quit things cold turkey and that can work that can work for a lot of things that works for some people I did that with soda when I was like 14 and it actually worked like I just cold turkey quit drinking soda and I used to have like one a day And it worked for me, but that's not necessarily the case for everyone and everything. But if you're someone who, you know, for example, doesn't work out and your resolution is to start working out four to five times a week every week starting the first week of January, you're not really allowing yourself to ease into making this drastic lifestyle change. You have to give yourself time to adjust and get accustomed to this new lifestyle because it truly does take time. You know, you can't sit there and expect yourself to be able to reach these goals if you're just being very unrealistic in your approach to achieving them because your approach has to be realistic because otherwise, you know, you're actually literally never going to get there if everything's unrealistic in your plan. And I think that a lot of times, you know, people get excited about setting the New Year's resolutions and they make these big goals, but they think that, you know, a lot of people forget that New Year's resolutions is for the entire year and it's not just like something you have to start immediately and maintain the first week and first month of the year. You know, working out four to five times a week is something that you have to work towards throughout the year. That's where you want to be at the end of the year, not when the year starts. You have to ease yourself into it. So just always remember to be very realistic with yourself. Number four, you aren't doing a resolution that's truly for you and you don't have a why. So a lot of times people, you know, will choose resolutions because it's what their friends or family are doing. It's a very commonly chosen resolution or they just settle for something without deciding if it's actually for them or not you will never enjoy the process and be able to persist when things get rough in your journey if you are not doing things for you and if you don't know your why at the end of the day you know you may know your what you may know that that, you know you are wanting to accomplish a certain thing but if you do not know the why that's backing it you are really going to struggle when things get tough and you are really going to struggle you know, and keeping motivation to keep this, you know, change consistent and actually maintain it. And I think that a lot of times people just feel pressured to have the same resolutions as what society is doing or what their friends or family are doing around them, but they never take time to actually reflect on themselves in their own life and look at resolutions that they should be or could be making in their everyday life. Number five, your goals are not specific enough. Eating healthier, reading more, stressing less, exercising more, those aren't good resolutions. You have to make your goals specific so you can define what you're aiming for and give yourself a much more clear goal. And you guys have heard me say this a bajillion and one times if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you can't make your to-do lists and your goals and your plans you know, things that aren't necessarily tangible. You have to give them that tangibility. And that applies to your resolutions too. You don't want to just say you want to eat healthier or read more. You want to give numbers to that so that you're actually working towards a tangible goal that you could check off. You know, what defines eating healthier? What defines reading more? How many books is that? Is that one? Is that five? I don't really know. So it's really important to, you know, add in time frames and numbers And keep track of your progress, too, because that really helps you see how far you've gotten and how much longer you have to get towards working towards that specific goal. It's just really hard to feel motivated or even, you know, keep in your mind what you're working towards if you don't make it specific enough. So now we're going to get into the things you should stop doing in 2020. So there's a lot of things I have come to realize this year, and I'm going to do a whole other podcast episode on my New Year's resolutions, and that one won't either be next week or the week after that, but this will kind of give you some insight into like what I'm trying to stop doing in 2020 that I have been doing for far too long. And I have a feeling that a lot of you are have been doing these same five things For many years now and it's important to let them go and no longer, you know, take them into 2020 with you. So the first thing is being scared of change. So in 2020, we are not going to be scared of change. We are going to embrace it with open arms. We all know that change can be scary, but we also know that nothing changes if we stay inside of our comfort zone. If we're comfortable, that means we should probably start looking around and finding somewhere where we can, you know, challenge ourselves or make a change because that will give us the ability to learn more and grow more. And although it can be scary, it opens up the doors to so many more possibilities that we wouldn't have the chance to see if we weren't, you know, open to letting change into our lives and I think a lot of people are so scared of change just because everyone likes the feeling of being comfortable you know you feel like you're doing everything right at the time you feel like everything's going well for once and you don't really want anything to come in and disturb that peace and that routine but you have to realize that you know if you were like that forever you would never experience any growth and that's not even just to say like in your career or in what you're you know, working on. You won't experience any emotional or physical or mental growth if you're just allowing yourself to rest inside of your comfort zone and if you're not being open to change. So number two, carrying baggage from the past into your present life. We are no longer doing that in 2020. I think it's really hard for a lot of people to forgive and forget and to even forgive when people haven't asked for forgiveness. That's something that I think is really important. It's a very mature thing to develop and um, kind of implement into your life. I know personally I feel a lot better when I can forgive someone in my mind even if they haven't asked for forgiveness because even though they may have not physically come to me or whatever over the phone come to me and apologize to me, I have already let that go and I'm no longer focusing my energy on something that I can't change that has happened in the past and living in the past and dwelling on something that is already over and already happened is senseless because it takes away from the time and energy you could spend focusing on the present and right now and all it has to offer and I mean similar to that likewise wishing away the present to get to the future and dwelling on the past Literally inhibit your potential for how great the present could be. So don't rob yourself of that. You know, I see a lot of times people, I remember in high school people would just be like, I just can't wait to get out of here and go to college. Like I'm just counting down the days and they were basically, their mind was just already on college. And I remember I was always the person to be like, whoa, 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 like I'm trying to, you know, like just live every day and like soak up these last years before things get a little bit more hectic. And I think that whenever you're, wishing away the present, it's just like dwelling on the uh, past. You're just dwelling on the future and your mind is so forward set that you're just not even like caring enough about the present and what you could be doing in the present to change. And I think that, you know, wishing away time is, you know, just not wise at all because time is so precious. So why would you wish away the time that you have, the time of life that you have right now in front of you that you're going through? You know, you're in it for a reason, so why wish it away when you could just be learning more from it? And I think it's really important to just remember that and to not carry things that have happened to you into um, from the past that you can, you literally cannot do anything about. Do not carry those into 2020. You know, clean slate. Let's wipe it clean. Let's, you know, if you have the strength to forgive people, even if they have not asked for forgiveness or even forgive people, even if they have. Please do because I think it will really, really help you move on emotionally, mentally, and just really create a better life for yourself. And you will be able to focus so much more on what you have in front of you each and every day rather than constantly taking steps backwards into the life that you you used to live that you can't really change anything about. So number three, saying yes to everything and everyone. So I am a, you know, horrible people pleaser. I will do things for people even if they make absolutely no sense for me to say yes to and if it requires me going so beyond far out of my way and taking up so much of my time. It makes no sense to, you know, say yes to those things, but I'm one of those people who just does sometimes and I just don't know why I do that. And I think that saying yes is a lot easier than saying no for some of us. Some people are great at saying no, and I envy you if you are. But for me, it's easier for me to just say yes and suffer than it is for me to say no. And like, because I'm someone who's like very empathetic, and I'm going to just be like, oh my gosh, they're gonna, you know, feel this way if I say no. When in reality, I'm just overthinking it and overcomplicating it in my head, and they can find someone else to help them. And you have to learn how to say no to things that, you know, don't fit with your schedule and don't really align with you and don't really serve you any purpose. You have to be able to set boundaries for yourself with how much you will allow yourself to say yes to so that you can keep yourself from doing too much and burning yourself out. I know going into 2020, I need to be much better about this. And I feel like towards the end of 2019, I was a lot better about this than I was at the beginning Um, But I kind of just started learning how to stand up for myself and say no to things that just I straight up didn't have time for or that just didn't serve me any purpose. And I don't mean that like if something doesn't necessarily provide you any benefit, that doesn't mean you should always say no to it because sometimes you should just help people out out of the kindness and goodness of your heart even if there's no benefit for you on your end. And I do a lot of things like that. But I'm just saying little things that like just don't even make sense for you to be doing because it's so far out of your way and other people could be doing them besides you. Like if someone were to ask you for a ride or to pick them up whenever, you know, they're so far out of your way, you're busy doing something else and they have plenty of other people they could be asking, like that kind of thing. And that's just like a very loose example, but like it could be literally anything. But I also just want to emphasize the importance of realizing that you don't only have to say, like I'm not sitting here saying only say yes to things that can benefit you because that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying if they don't serve you any purpose and your purpose can be something that's not internal with yourself, Your pur- you know, if it doesn't serve you any purpose, I mean that, you know, it's not really going to help the person out that much in your lo- uh, life that you're helping because... It could be something that's easily done by someone else. And I think that whenever you do say yes to so many things um, consistently and all the time, people catch on to that and they'll start to take advantage of you. And, you know, I always like I hear my mom and like some of my close friends and my boyfriend, they'll just be like, you know, you realize that you always saying yes to this person is showing them, you know, what you're okay with. And they're going to completely capitalize and take advantage of that. Because they know that I'm someone who does not want to say no, so I will always be there to say yes. So they're always going to come to me and I'm always going to go through the same cycle of being scared to say no and they know I'm going to sit there and say yes. So I think setting those boundaries with yourself and, you know, telling yourself, okay, I'm not going to say yes to these things. I'm not going to say yes if it requires this much of me. Just trust me. You really don't want to be, you know, going into the new year saying yes to so much to where... You can't even, you know, leave time to take care of yourself at the end of the day and to where you're burning yourself out and to where people are learning your habits and your inability to say no and taking advantage of you because that will literally dig you into a very deep hole that takes an eternity to get out of and just take that from me because I know that firsthand. So number four, neglecting self-care because other things are considered higher priority and have set deadlines. So I think that something I am extremely guilty of, and I'm sure a lot of you guys are probably guilty of, especially those of you who are really, really busy and have crazy lifestyles that are kind of inconsistent. um, I think it's really easy to like neglect taking care of yourself and spending time with yourself because there isn't any set deadline for it. You know, like you have set deadlines for work. You have set deadlines for your projects and assignments in school and you have like certain goals you're trying to meet so it's really easy to prioritize those things and you that's why so many of us can't get ourselves to you know practice self-care consistently and really prioritize it because it's just one of those things that you do if you have time for it and with that being my uh, mindset and my lifestyle for all of 2019 I kind of was just like oh like I'll take care of myself and have a treat myself night if I have time for it. You know how many times I had time for it this year? Maybe twice. And like, and that's literally so horrible because when I say having time for it, I mean like an hour or two max at night of me like on my computer still sending emails, still planning for a podcast or whatever and I had a face mask on and a candle burning. Like that is ridiculous. I need to like actually give myself time to, you know, rejuvenate and refuel and do things that, you know, are going to make me feel better and help me be the best person I can be so that I can offer more to the other areas of my life. You know, you have to prioritize taking care of yourself. It is so, so important because it's so easy to neglect it and neglecting it just ends up leaving you feeling very empty and you have to be able to invest in yourself and fill your cup up at the end of the day in order to pour things out into the areas and people around you so number five dwelling on what you lack rather than being grateful for what you have so i feel like i mentioned this recently before too or maybe i just put it on my instagram story i don't really know But I think something that a lot of us do, um, I I know practicing gratitude is almost very trendy nowadays, I would say. But I would highly encourage you um, to start taking up and practicing some form of practicing gratitude uh, going into 2020. If you can just implement, you know, two to three minutes of it every morning, it will literally change your life and your whole entire perspective on life. And I promise you'll probably save some money along the way. And I'm not even meaning this in a materialistic way. I mean, yes, materialistic aspects are a big part of gratitude, but I mean also just being thankful for the relationships in your life and the friendships in your life and the sun coming up and living another day. Those are all things that aren't materialistic that you can, you know, practice gratitude for. And I think that when we dwell on what we don't have, we are constantly looking externally for something to fill this void where we're like, we, well, I don't have this, so I need to go find something to fulfill it and to fill it up so that I feel whole there, but then the next thing you know, once you fill that area, you just move on to the next thing and try to fill another void um, whenever you're focusing on what you what you lack. Whenever you count your blessings and you're grateful for what you have, your just natural contentment with your life and your belongings and the things and people and just great ideas and all of that in your life, you just stop looking around you for things to make you feel better. And I think that that's so incredible because, you know, just waking up in the morning and being grateful to see another day, that just sort of fills you with this happiness and this energy that kind of just makes you feel fulfilled and whole and enough to where you don't feel the need to look around you that day and look for, you know, some kind of external validation or look for something to fill a void because you woke up and you started your day you know, filling your cup up and think of it as filling your cup. You know, whenever you're practicing gratitude, use every little grateful thing you think and say, no matter what it is, how small it is, you're filling your cup up. Whenever your water cup is full, are you looking to fill up your water cup? No, you're not. You know, like you don't want to make it overflow, which like overflowing with gratitude is a great thing, but in reality, you know, you're not looking for a pitcher or a water fountain to fill up your water cup whenever it's full. So if you're filling up your cup with gratitude by, you know, thinking and saying certain things each and every day and I mean it does not have to be this extravagant cookie cutter routine of practicing gratitude because I think a lot of times it can be like very dramatic and overplayed and you know self-help books and just in our society today it could literally just be opening your eyes in the morning and just being like wow I am thankful to be laying on this bed I am so thankful that the sun is out today I am so thankful to just woke up and you know seen another day as a, as a human here on earth and focusing on those things is just going to fill your cup up So then the rest of the day, you're not going to be looking for anything to fill your cup up with. And you're just going to be happy with the water in your cup. However, if you're dwelling on what you lack, you know, you're not putting anything into your cup. Your cup's staying dry and empty. So you're constantly just cutting corners and looking around everywhere around you, wasting your precious time trying to find things to fill this cup up. And you're constantly doing that until you can get it filled up. And you may buy something or you may use somebody um, just to kind of fill it up a little bit but it eventually is it's going to take a lot longer and you're going to constantly be looking for something to fill it up rather than just being happy with what's in your cup if you practice gratitude so I hope that was a good little analogy for you guys to realize it so those are the 10 total things I have for you guys today I know this was a much shorter episode but it, there's no sense in me you know trying to make this longer by just rambling on I want My podcast always provide value and just like be something to help you guys and be something that you can actually get good tangible tips from. Um, My New Year's resolutions podcast will probably be a bit longer just because I will probably be explaining why I'm choosing certain resolutions. But since this one was such a very, very, you know, strict five tips here, five tips here, tangible type of thing, I knew it wouldn't be as long. So I know a lot of you guys like longer podcasts. I do too. You're not the only one. But I think this one will be really helpful and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Be sure to join the Facebook group. Um, a lot of people have asked to join and are not answering the membership questions. And I literally will not approve you unless you answer the membership questions just because I don't want you to be some random person that's going to come in and troll the group and I don't want it to be someone that's going to like hurt anyone's feelings. I don't want it to be anything like that. So just make sure you're answering the questions if you just search Gen Z Girl Podcast um on your search bar on Facebook. It should come up as a group. So um you can click on the group page and then request to join and you'll just be prompted to answer those questions. And then once you answer them, I can let you in. And then um don't like I mean you can like the Facebook page for it, but there is a Facebook page for it, but it's just to have the business Instagram. So if you want um to like it, you can. But I see a lot of people like the page, but I don't do anything on the page, so just make sure you're looking at the group and not the Facebook page if you're wanting to join the podcast group. And also, be sure to follow the Gen Z Girl Podcast on Instagram. I have recently been trying to work harder, um, and I actually have like gotten somewhere with designing, um, you know, some graphic design type of Instagram art. I guess you could say for the podcast. And I've really been enjoying doing that. And I really just want this podcast. And the podcast Instagram page to just be this very encouraging, uplifting, inspiring page and podcast where you guys can really just extract a lot of value and pour a lot more into it. Um, And it just be a really great community. And that's what it is so far. And I'm so happy with that. And thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Um, I really, really enjoyed planning it and sharing everything with you guys and let me know your thoughts, leave a review, let me know what you thought in the Facebook group or on the Instagram. I would love to hear it. It makes my day and I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.